Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 206 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is a developer and the founder of React Academy, where he teaches React and GraphQL around the world. He also launched OK Google and more recently Sizzy.co, which is a browser for designers and developers. And he's now in the process of documenting his journey on YouTube. So welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, Christian Ristovsky, also known as Kitsa. Hey Phil, thank you so much. This bio sounds way better when you read it with your accent. Like when I read it or where I type it, it sounds like so terrible. So <laughs> thank you for the introduction. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. I mean, based on the introduction, could you perhaps tell us a little bit more about, for example, Sissy.co? Sissy.co is a project that I relaunched recently in the last month. So it was first launched two and a half years ago. I was still freelancing basically, and I was basically trying to scratch my own itch. So I was doing a project for a client and I was struggling with doing the responsive design because I had to switch devices all the time. So while I was working on a task, I was just switching different mobile phones, tablets, desktops, and so on. And I'm like, why has no one invented something like where you can display all the devices at once and then you just work on your task and you see the preview on all devices at once. But at the time, like it seemed like a really ambitious task and I was like, can I do this? Maybe I can try with some like basic version of it. So I started tweeting about it and I was like, is someone even interested in this? Do people like this? And then I saw like a lot of people, like 200, 300 people were like, oh my God, we need something like this. Yeah. And then just like I was iterating over a few days accepting people's ideas and doing my own thing. And it turned out into a like useful alpha version of the project. So I just open sourced it and I launched it and I started using it. So that was like two and a half years ago. And since then, like it's been a long time, but the users were still there, which was weird. I wasn't updating the project. I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't adding any new features. But when I was looking at the analytics, I was constantly seeing like, around 10,000 people per month, which was weird to me. I got a couple of emails about companies who wanted to buy the app and then sell it. So I was like, so many people are still interested. Maybe I should turn this into a paid product and maybe I should do something with this. So that's how it turned out. I hired my first employee a couple of months ago. And for like three, four months, we were actively working on releasing the paid version. So we converted it from a free open source web app to, we made like a really like a native browser that works natively on on a user's device, and we made it like ten times more awesome. So more or less, <laughs> <Right>. that's it. <laughs> Great. I mean, that's available now, presumably for people to buy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's on cz.co. So brilliant. I'm assuming you're going to put a link somewhere in your description. Absolutely, the, the link will be in the show notes, so anybody can go there and, and have a look. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the other one you mentioned as well is OK Google. So can you give us a bit of an overview of that? That was basically the first project that I launched. So that was like in 2015 or 16. 
I'm a big fan of voice assistants and I couldn't find an updated list with all the commands that you can talk to, to the Google Assistant. And I wanted to make my own updated list with nice animations and stuff. I didn't plan to make like any profit from the project. I just wanted to release it and be helpful to people. And it turns out a lot of news outlets picked it up and a lot of websites like TechCrunch and The Verge and so on. They just wrote articles about it. I wasn't even interested in promoting it in any way. I just tweeted and then the project exploded. So yeah, I mean, I haven't updated since it's been like a, I mean, it still has users, but I'm not interested in working on that or updating it. I'm more focused on the other projects that I'm working on and the workshops that I'm doing. So my my focus has shifted a little bit. That's great to hear, definitely. So Kitta, can you perhaps share with us a career tip, uh, one that the audience may not know and perhaps should? All the projects that I mentioned so far and all the projects that I'm working on are basically, they're all based on one thing that I'm a huge believer in. It's solve your own problems. So everything that I ever made was basically a solution to my own problem, starting from from the Google project to CZ to everything else. I just wanted to literally solve a problem that I have. And I was hoping that other people have that problem. And in most cases, it always turns out that you're not the only person that has a problem. So I guess that would be my number one career tip. And I see a lot of developers who are like going the other way around. So they're like, what can I work on in order to make money? So they're starting with the money and then they're working on something because of money, which in the long terms, it never makes sense because you're you're not going to sustain for very long just working on something because of the money. So that's a very short-term goal to have, just make money. And I'm always going the other way around when I'm so- saying I'm going to solve my own problem first Then I'm going to release this for the users just so I can see if I'm solving someone else's problem. And then everything else, money and promotion and marketing, everything else will follow. So yeah, figure out what problem you have currently, try to solve it, write a software solution for it and everything else will follow. Yeah, that's obviously the the approach you've taken with the two examples we've just discussed. Um, Do you look for the biggest problem as well? Do you try and tackle the worst thing? I don't know if I can measure my problem. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say like biggest, but I would say the problem that I currently have. Yes. So it, during that period, I had a problem with responsive design. I wrote a solution for solving that problem. Or right now, after launching CZ, I've been going crazy with emails. So I tried all the email clients. I hired an assistant. Even with all of that, I have a huge problem with emails. And I finally pinpointed what is the problem with writing emails. And for the last like four or five days, I, I wrote a solution and I'm basically writing, working on a new app in parallel to the other apps right now that's solving my email problem. And for the past couple of days, actually, I'm finally happy that in my life I can work on email without this frustration. So this is just another example. It's not about the biggest problem, but it's, it's about the, the current problems that you have. So I don't know if this project will be useful to other people. I just hope so. But for right now, I'm super focused, just solving the problem for me as much as I can. Yes. And when I'm done with that, I'm going to release it for, for other people. Okay, great. That'd be great to see as well. Kitsa, can you perhaps tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? I think it's definitely the project that I had in, in, in college. So when I started college for the first year, I was super bored with the subjects and everything they were teaching. I was always like leaning towards doing something that that has some effect on people. And when I was like just sitting in classes and just receiving some knowledge and passing my grades and stuff, that wasn't super interesting to me. So I, I made this uh, like a news portal 
for our country. I'm from from Macedonia. And there wasn't a news portal for like sharing these funny images and clips and videos and memes and stuff like that. And I also had a lot of ideas on my own because like I'm a huge fan of comedy and I've been dabbling with a bunch of things in comedy. So I tried to like draw my own comics and make my own funny like images and stuff. So I made this project and it suddenly like blew up. I was very young and I wasn't thinking of anything at the time, basically. But I managed to have like a Facebook page with 70,000 fans with just organic marketing, like word of mouth and stuff like that without any promotions. And a lot of companies approached me because the site reached number five in our country. So the Alexa ranks were like Google, YouTube, Yahoo, a couple of other things. And it was my thing. So people are like, who is this dude? He's not an agency. He's not a company. And then the project had so much potential. But me being a college student, I didn't care much about it. So instead of pursuing all the opportunities for marketing, for ads, for stuff like that, I just blew the money on concerts and (laughs) really like college type of stuff. And I I think I'm always going to regret that career moment because that project could have been huge. But that's it. Now it's closed and that story is done. Yeah, but that was a particular time in your life, obviously. And I I must admit, I did have a look at your website and looked at the list of all the different... uh, bands and acts that you've seen and it's quite an impressive list <laughs> so yeah. yeah and it's quite interesting to see in between things like white snake and iron maiden you saw robbie williams <laughs> yeah so. i'm listening to all sorts of music so i'm not judging anyone who is a fan usually people are like oh you're listening to rock music so you cannot listen to rap or anything else so i think we're going to talk about this but on my youtube channel i'm also making rap songs about development, which I don't think that anyone else is doing that on YouTube right now. I'm sure they're not. Yeah, I'm just doing that for fun. Okay, so moving away from your worst moment, can you perhaps tell us about your career highlight or greatest success so far? So I would definitely pick Sizi because I didn't expect what happened in the last month. So I was expecting that around... 5% of my users would convert. My projections or analytics about the project weren't aligned with what's going on right now. I'm still trying to get everything together, what's going on in the last month. I've been working nonstop. I didn't, I'm basically not having a lot of sleep these days. And I would call it the biggest success because we don't have any marketing. It's just me and one employee and an assistant for the emails. But it's been going pretty crazy. I don't know where this will lead. So, so far I'm, I'm talking to four or five investment companies, which were reaching out and they want to invest in it, but I'm not sure what I'm going to do. It was supposed to be a transition project before we move on to other projects. But right now I, I think I'm just going to pursue it full time and that would definitely be the highlight. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It sounds like you got some decisions to make in terms of where you're going to take it and what you're going to do. It's super hard to make those decisions because people are, everyone is polarized, like take the investment, don't take the investment. And I've always been a guy who didn't want to, I I was struggling in a team. When I had a boss, when I was working with a team, I, I had problems, so I couldn't function like that. And taking an investment is basically like having a new boss. So it's going to be a hard decision for me to make, but it's interesting in any case. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. So, Kitsa, can you tell us what excites you about the future of IT and careers in IT in particular? 
What excites me is that everything is getting easier. Like everything is getting so easy. And I think that developers are running out of excuses for not to do anything on the side or for not to launch a side project and for not to launch an app. Like everything that I mentioned in this podcast, like you can see that I'm working on 20 ideas in parallel. And if we go like 10 years back, that just wasn't possible to be done by one person. So previously you had to have a huge team. You had to have like a design person and a backend person and a frontend person and marketing person. And you would basically need a team to launch any idea. And I think that as things are moving forward, everything is becoming easier. And I'm seeing more and more of this like one person projects where one person is taking care of everything. So I wouldn't call myself a full stack developer, but I wasn't... My specialty is not backend, and I, I'm still able to write and maintain a backend for all of my apps because all of these services exist. For example, GraphQL yes. as a service and stuff like that. So what's exciting is like I cannot even think like in five, ten years, everything is going to be so automated. Everything is going to be so easy. And I think it would be a shame if people spend their time on, I don't know, tweaking their code editor and wasting time on like some stupid discussions about semicolons and tabs and spaces where you can literally sit down and in a weekend you can launch any idea that you have in mind. So that's the most exciting thing to me, how easy things are going to get. Yeah, and I think I think you obviously touched on that the point I was just about to come to, that the uh, the speed of turnaround and the efficiency of being able to actually go from an idea to delivering a solution is therefore that much quicker and presumably will get faster and faster. I'm honestly kind of scared how far it will go. So I've been giving this talk for the last year about how basically with AI and machine learning and everything that's going to be like that stuff is quickly advancing and developers are not realizing how quickly we're going to be automated out of our jobs. So yes, there are going to be developers around forever, but no, we are not going to work on simple things like CSS and grids and divs and basic html problems all of that stuff is going to get like automated pretty soon i mean i'm happy that everything is advancing that fast because at the end we're going to be left with creative people who are using all of these super advanced tools to to just quickly realize their ideas and release their ideas for solving other people's problems so i'm excited we're going to go into the reveal round now we're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think are you ready for this Sure. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? I've always been interested in computers and video games and messing with my computers and breaking my computers and stuff like that. So that kind of led me to, in high school, I got interested in a couple of subjects for computer programming in Pascal and PHP and stuff like that. When I made my first quiz with Pascal, I was like, this stuff is pretty interesting. Maybe I should, I have no idea what to do for college. Maybe I should choose IT. And then slowly as we were learning more and more about programming, I just fell in love with it. So as every developer, I started with PHP and WordPress and C++ and stuff like that and eventually transitioned to JavaScript and here we are. And what is the best career advice you've ever received? The best career advice I've ever received, it, it may sound funny, but I was talking to my ex-boss when I was freelancing, the basically the, the CEO of the company, we were on a company retreat, and I was talking to him about savings and about ideas and about making money. And I was like, 
I don't care that much about savings and about doing something with investing my money and stuff like that right now, because I know that maybe in the future, I'm going to release all of these clever ideas and solutions, and I'm going to make tons of money from them. So I don't think that I have to, to worry too much about, about realizing all of my ideas now or like working 24 seven. And what he said, it was like super funny. He said, but what if one day like something happens to you, like something falls on your head and you're not capable anymore to do anything or to think or, you know, a lot of stuff can happen in life and you're betting everything on the future. You're not thinking right now about the present, how you can invest your money, how you can grow the team that you work with and stuff. So I think that advice stuck with me forever. So right now I'm in the mood where I want to realize as many things as soon as possible and work on them as soon as possible, instead of waiting and hoping that one day things are going to be fine. So for now, I'm just going to relax and just let things happen. Looking at the opposite way, what is the worst career advice you've ever received? I don't know if this is career advice, but when I was supposed to launch my first blog post, I wasn't into blogging and I was attending a conference and I wanted to, I basically wrote a recap of that conference. And I just sent it to a friend who was way more popular in the community. And I was like, hey, can you review this? Do you think people would be interested? So the worst career advice, he was like, no, why did you even bother? Why would you publish this? Like, this is a waste of time. Nobody would want to read this. So if I listened to his advice, maybe my career would have, wouldn't have been here right now. Yeah. Because the article got so popular, so many people retweeted it. <laughs> and it was just, anyone could have written that article at the conference. I was just listening to what people were saying and writing a short recap of their talks. Yes. That's the worst advice. When someone says, don't publish that, don't do that, you do the opposite. If you were to begin your IT career again right now in today's world, what would you do? I would definitely skip college and I wouldn't waste those years on learning about subjects and material that's 100% not relevant in my life right now. So if I could have those three years back and just spend the time on self-improving and learning on my own and following online tutorials and courses and stuff like that, I would be so far ahead. But I don't think that you can make that decision before starting college. So I guess you have to go through it and to be like, well, this was a waste of time. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? I think I probably know the answer, but it would be good to hear it. Currently, I'm trying to to form a bigger team and to form a team for each one of my apps. So I realized that by myself as a solo developer, I can push things. But when you have too many things that you're working on, you cannot get them to the final stage. So I'm trying to form a couple of teams that are going to work on different apps so we can move things forward. I finally realized after... 15 years, after 10 years of working in IT, I realized that you cannot do everything by yourself. Yes. Ideally, you'd like to be able to, I'm sure. Yeah. But it's not <laughs> realistic. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I don't know if it comedy counts as a skill, but in everything that I do, in everything that I tweet and promote and in the videos that I make for YouTube, like comedy has a huge part. When you're a super serious person, just tweeting and announcing stuff in a super serious manner, yeah, it's the- people like see you on a totally different level. And when you do it with a little bit of humor, people are like, oh, this is a person just like me. And he seems like super approachable. Whatever he's achieving in life, I can also do that. So I, I'm a big fan of spreading that message. Like, hey, 
whatever I'm doing, whatever you see me doing, it's nothing special. Trust me. Like you can do the same thing. Yeah. So I suppose it's being sort of more lighthearted about the way you communicate things and make, exactly, make it exactly. less, yeah. less sort of yeah. heavy in, in terms of the way it comes over. Yep. Even during serious stuff like doing workshops and stuff where you have to be like 100% serious meeting with investors or whatever, I always inject a lot of comedy and I don't think I'm ever going to to change that. I think more people should do that actually. Yes, agreed. But I don't know if it counts as a skill. Yeah. I think it does. It's part of communication, isn't it? Yeah. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? In order to have the energy and not to burn out and to work on something every day, you basically have to be in love with the thing. If you're not in love with the thing, if you don't love it for what it is, if you love it for any other goal like money or getting 300 users or some other stupid number that you set for yourself, you're going to burn out pretty quickly. You're going to be super disappointed if you don't reach those numbers and then you're basically done with the thing. So the way that I keep myself energized is I'm only working on stuff that I love. I know it sounds like it's not that easy and not a lot of people have this choice, but for people who do have the choice to work, I mean, everyone has this choice. Like if you don't like your job, it sounds super simple, but try to find something else. It's super easy in IT to to find another job or a gig or a freelance gig or whatever. So the way to keep energized is just Every day, try to work on something that you love. This sounds so cliche and it sounds like such a tired advice, but that's it for me. I don't know if you have something to add. What's your experience with this? Well, I think I think you're right. I think that I, I would take it to a point of also that it's got to be something that you care about. So it's more than love is the sort of enjoyment, but something you care about gives you a purpose. And I think that's all part of it as well. So the examples you've, you particularly talked about earlier on and your current projects and apps, that is because you care and you want to solve a problem and you have a purpose. So I think that's what it comes down to. Totally. And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? Oof. What is that? What's that time you're talking about? I don't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> right now, maybe you haven't got so much, but I'm sure there are things that you do. Uh Although like it's very hard to have time away from technology nowadays, like everyone is glued to their tablets, phones and laptops. And I'm one of them. I'm a big, I'm a huge fan of technology, but I'm trying to do things like every day. I'm trying to, to go to the gym at least six times per week. And I think if I wasn't doing that or doing any sorts of workouts, I would have been super burnt out by now. I would have had tons of back problems and like for the last few weeks, when I released a product, I wasn't going to the gym and every single muscle and bone and everything in my body started hurting. So yeah, I guess that's the number one way to vent for me. Like after a hard day of sitting in a chair and doing a bunch of stuff and staring at a monitor, the best way for me is to do some kind of workout just to keep my mind away from, from working and technology and stuff like that. Other than that, I'm... I don't know, I'm playing guitar, I'm trying to record some music, spend the time with, with my girlfriend, my dog, and spend the time at the beach. But unfortunately, most of my time is spent glued to a screen. So there's that. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? The social network that I'm most active on is Twitter. So I'm dkitze on Twitter. And I'm posting these vlogs about everything that I do on YouTube. So it's youtube.com slash I don't have any other social networks 
So I think if someone follows me on Twitter and YouTube, they will find everything that they need to know about me. My direct messages are open on Twitter. I'm always looking forward to random people approaching me, messaging me about whatever they're working on, a problem that they have or something that they found about me, my apps and so on. So yeah, if you want to chat, Twitter would be the best the best option. Great. Kitsa, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. As always, my thanks go to my guest on today's show. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e, and then the number of today's episode. I also want to thank you for your continued support. It's always great to hear from listeners, particularly when they have suggestions about potential guests or ways to improve the show. And this was one of the reasons for creating the new IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. I'm really excited about taking the podcast forward, and I hope that you'll continue to support and listen to the show as it continues to change and evolve. Thanks for listening, and remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.